1: Hello, Lakers Nation! Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast and live post-game show. The Lakers just took down the Detroit Pistons, got the win, one twenty-eight to one twenty-one was the final score. Anthony Davis have a game again, two in a row for AD that were just incredible. Thirty-eight points, sixteen rebounds for AD, four blocks. He was a monster. Ten of sixteen from the field, eighteen out of twenty-one. At the free-throw line, 21 attempts. The Pistons, without Isaiah Stewart, just kept fouling AD, and he made them pay at the free-throw line. We'll talk a lot about that AD's performance. We'll talk about the debut of Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant making their season debut for the Lakers after having thumb surgery. Both of them, bizarrely, having the same thumb surgery. Different hands, though. Um, Wendy Gabriel had himself a nice night as well, 15-7. and Also need to talk about Austin Reeves and the performance he put on 16 points and six assists for the Lakers, 12 assists and 10 points for Russell Westbrook in this one as well. And then Lonnie Walker, boy, can that guy get downhill? 17 points for him. Again, most important piece, the Lakers get the win. Uh, This was a big talking point heading into this game was this is a game the Lakers have to win, right? I look at games like this against a Pistons team that's missing Cade Cunningham, that's missing Isaiah Stewart. Yes, no LeBron James for the Lakers. We found out shortly before game time he would not be playing in this one, still dealing with an adductor issue. But nonetheless, this is a must-win because this is a game that is very winnable that's on your schedule. Last year's Lakers did a terrible job at taking these games, saying thank you, stacking up that win, and moving on. This year's team, so far okay, right? This is a game that they should win, and it's a game that they did win against the Detroit Pistons. It brings them up to four wins on the season. Obviously, it doesn't mean they're great. doesn't mean everything is fine now, but this was a game you expect them to win, and they did eventually take care of business, even if there were some dicey minutes. Particularly at one point, they were down, what was it, 13 points to the Pistons, but the Lakers came roaring back. Uh, this is a young Pistons team. They're scrappy. They play hard, But um, but the Lakers absolutely should win games like this, and good to see that they did. I will get into some of your questions and comments as the night goes on. Let's start with Koa said with this AD and a healthy LeBron, a trade would definitely give us a chance. Uh, and the lineup of none, Beverly and Schroeder gave me a heart attack in the second quarter. Yeah, they went super small, like super AD and four guards. That was too small. You can't, I didn't like seeing that. And I wanted to see more of thomas bryant and anthony davis on the floor at the same time we only got a few possessions of it i agree i don't enjoy the super small lineups where it's all guards around ad i feel like every every time they get a stop it's just it's it's hard to watch them trying to secure a defensive rebound because they're so small if ad doesn't get it they're in trouble elsewhere um so i'm not a fan of that lineup either but i would have like to see a little bit more of the big lineup where AD was playing the four. He got we got a few possessions of it. We need to see more out of that. As far as this AD and a healthy LeBron giving you a shot, yeah. Look, I, I do wonder how much the time off, four days off, helped Anthony Davis's back. He looked a bit more spry in this game. There was a point in the fourth where I felt like he kind of ran out of gas. One play where he wasn't able to come back down the floor and contest and gave up a layup, um, but. Overall, I think AD is starting to look better, more mobile than we've seen, certainly in the early going in the season. So that suggests the back is indeed starting to get uh, get a bit better. Uh, always winning, said Meh on Dennis. Thomas Bryan is a keeper. So Dennis Schroeder, I thought, looked quick out there for you. And really, you're not asking him to set the world on fire. You're just asking him to be just a solid guard option. That's it. That's all you really need on him. And I think he showed some stuff out there. For the Lakers, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was great either, but he was fine. He was serviceable. And that's again, that's really all you need out of him. uh Thomas Bryant had his moments. He had some moments where he looked big and physical and strong. He also had moments where I thought he needed to be more of a shot blocking presence, and he wasn't able to be at the rim where the Pistons were scoring over him. Couldn't help but see moments like that and think, "That's Miles Turner. That's not not happening there, right?" But I don't want to hold that against Thomas Bryant. I thought he had just Fine of a, of a debut. In fact, let me pull his stats here. Uh, Thomas Bryant in 13 minutes was four for six with five boards and a block. You'll absolutely take that out of a backup pick. You will absolutely take that. Uh Dennis Schroeder, one for five shooting, two assists, though, for him. Uh, yeah, Thomas Bryant was just fine. No, no problems there. The big question for the Lakers is is Thomas Bryant enough? Is he able to be a net positive? so that you can play AD some minutes at the four and don't feel the necessity to go out there and trade for another big. Whitey and Gabriel continues to play well, has that mind melt with Russell Westbrook. They're on the same page, and it's fun to watch. Uh, Pat Beverly's minutes need to go down, and the refs need to be held accountable. Too many bad calls this game and throughout the season. This game, we found out in the very early minutes that we were in for a long night. And I'm not saying that every call was bad, but just the whistle was blowing a lot, um, a lot, a lot. And we knew that this game was going to take a long time to get through it, uh, and it did, and it did. I mean, my goodness, we went, what, two and a half hours, more than that, in, to finish this game. So a lot of that was the whistles just kept sounding and sounding and sounding. I mean, look at this game. The Lakers, the Lakers shoot 40 free throws and 32 for the Pistons, 30 fouls. 30 fouls called on the Pistons 24 on the Lakers that's a lot a lot of play stops where the whistle blows and it slows things down so uh yeah the I would prefer them letting things go a little bit more rather than calling every little thing this officiating crew was calling every little thing now as far as Patrick Beverly's minutes going down I thought he made some critical mistakes for the Lakers I was surprised they went back to him four points. Uh, three boards, two assists, one block for Patrick Beverly. Did not get one three, but 25 minutes. I mean, I don't know where you turn to. Who gets more minutes if you're pulling minutes away from Pat? Is it is it Dennis Schroeder eventually? Does he take away some of those minutes? Kendrick Nunn was actually good tonight, four for four. Great to see from him. Ten points for him. Didn't miss, hit a couple of threes as well. Should he have gotten some more minutes there? I don't know what you do. They were using Patrick Beverly a lot on Bogdanovich, but I thought the only time they really looked good defending Bogdanovich, which we need to talk about him in a moment as well, the only time that it looked like they had a shot at really stopping Bogdanovich, who finished the night with 20 points, was when they blitzed him and they sent kind of a a soft double team at him and forced the ball out of his hands. Otherwise, it didn't seem like it mattered that much whether it was Patrick Beverly or Troy Brown Jr. or whoever else, um, in terms of really getting into Bogdanovich and stopping him, it wasn't happening. So I didn't think this was a great performance out of Pat. And I know there were a lot of Lakers fans upset that the starting lineup wasn't changing to remove Patrick Beverly. And I don't think Pat did everything anything to really help his case in this one. Uh, Senpai said, There exists a world where we ship Russ, Beverly, Nunn, and Picks and get back Buddy, Turner, Rozier, Tice, TJ. first to charlotte and a first to indy keep it up ad i think indy is going to want more than just a first but you are taking on tice so i suppose you're providing them value i mean logistically can you make something like that work within the salary cap sure um but i do think that indiana is going to want more in the deal to do something but like if you could pull that off like that's a lot of talent coming in so i wouldn't fault you for that if you could pull something like that uh, Esham said, this was a win we should have got, but I'm not taking a victory lap after beating the lowly rookie Pistons. They're a sixth grade team versus the high school varsity. Yeah, look, there's by no means are we taking this win and saying everything's right in the world. Everything's good. The Lakers are a contender now. They figured it out. Darvin Ham worked his magic and let's get ready to celebrate Lakers fans. It's going to be a fantastic season the rest of the way. No, no one is saying that. This is the kind of win you have to get in, take care of business, do what you need to do, get the W and get out. Put the win on your record and get out. And that's what the Lakers did. And so you give them credit for beating the team in front of them. But yes, by no means is this an indication that problems are solved, the clouds have parted, and everything's great. No, that's, yeah, there, there should be no, no major victory lapse here, except for maybe Anthony. Look, anytime you drop 38 points in an NBA game, I don't care who you're playing against, that's impressive. That's impressive. Kira says the defense has not been impressive lately. We need to buckle down. Yeah, you gave up. It was it the first, first quarter. I was not happy at the end of the first. 37 points to this Pistons team in the first quarter. That's not getting it done on, on defense. 121 points overall to this Pistons team. They put up, it was in the 90s last night. The Pistons were playing second night of a back-to-back. And they put up 90-something on the Clippers. And now you give up 121 and they shoot 47% from the field. You can't do that. Now, some of that you can say was a lot of free throw attempts. Maybe you can put some of that on the officiating extra free throw attempts means more points, but still, I mean, they scored probably what 26 more points than they did last night. Something like that. That's a lot. That's a lot and way too many for this Lakers defense to give up. So I'll agree with you in that. There were some defensive lapses that uh, I'm sure Darvin Ham is not happy about ace of hearts thomas bryant looked good darvin ham put dennis Schroeder, nun westbrook beverly and thomas bryant in a lineup by the way that was disgusting i just in general four guards and one big i i start getting ptsd i start having flashbacks to last season where frank vogel was kind of forced into doing that and it's just it's it's not enough it's just not enough size on the floor and too much skill set duplication. You can see it's just even on the offensive end of the floor where really it shouldn't matter as much. It, it still just looks awkward and clunky because you're asking guys to be in positions that they're normally, they're not used to being, I mean, Hey, okay. uh, Kendrick, Nunn, You're nominally the power forward now in this set. And and you got to go do something. Now I know Darvin ham sets are supposed to be. Anybody can play any position and, and do that sort of thing. And that's fine, but you're still asking guys to be put into unfamiliar positions and, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I would like to see that removed. You probably need another wing. It should be noted, you know, no LeBron, no JTA that cuts into your wing rotation. And so that it has a domino effect on your roster, but still when LeBron is healthy, I would hope that we just simply don't see that. We just don't see that rotation at all. That would be my preference. Certainly Jared Chalker Lakers get a decent win. And I hit a major PR in the gym. Oh, congratulations. And my mom's birthday. Can you give her a shout out? Well, happy birthday, Jared. Jared's mom. Glad the Lakers were able to give you a win for your birthday. Uh, Kyle, awesome. Don't have to listen to my boss gloat. Oh, is your boss a Pistons fan? Seems like they made a point to move the ball and get guys open, or did I imagine that? Also, Kendrick Fun. Now again, yeah it was nice to see this from Kendrick. You know, when I put out, I put out a tweet earlier in the week that Kendrick non was going down to the G league with Thomas Bryant and Dennis Schroeder to get in some work with the South Bay Lakers. The Lakers had informed us that, Hey, this is what happening. So I tweeted out and Kendrick just had so many people speaking ill of him and saying, leave him in the G league. Don't let him come back. All this stuff. And in my mind, like he's been in the league for a while. He's not coming off of an injury, but he's going down to get an extra work on a day when the Lakers were not practicing. He could have said, I just want to take the day off. No, he realized he needed to put in the work. He knew his game was not where he wanted it to be. And he went in and put in the extra work. And I made that point, And some people kind of said, well, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I would rather hear Kendrick Nunn is getting in extra practice time to try to fix these problems. than Kendrick Nunn isn't doing anything to work on it. Right. Like, that, that, this is a good thing. We should be praising him for doing that. And to get the immediate results here of him shooting four for four when he's been struggling so badly with his shot. Now, I'm not saying he's suddenly a 30-minute-per-game player or anything like that. But just to see him have this kind of success shooting the ball tonight, it's nice to see him get that immediate reward for the extra work that he put in. Again, not out of the woods or anything. A shooting slump isn't broken by one game, but hopefully this is a good sign. Senpai, Clippers barely beat them last night. Take this W. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll absolutely take it. Bruce said the Lakers were supposed to win this game. Nothing to cheer about. So you you can only be happy in games where they're not expected to win? What do you do like the seasons where the Lakers are really good? Do you just never get to cheer for them?
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I don't know. I just, I can't follow that line of thinking. Like if they win the game, I'll be happy about that. No, again, they're not not like they're out of the woods, but it's certainly better than coming on here and talking about how they found a way to give the game away. I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, I still think a trade should be done ASAP. Now that, Bruce, I can agree with. I don't think we, have this game, this game, I think, if anything, just shows us that the Lakers still need something, right? They still need some kind of a move. And ultimately, I think that's going to be what has to happen for this team if they're going to make any kind of real noise. They're going to need a trade. Um, You need shooters. You need more size. You need more wings. You might need another. We'll see what happens with Thomas Bryant. Maybe you need another big. But this team needs stuff. There's things that this team needs that they're probably going to have to go out on the trade market in order to get. So I'm going to agree with you on that. I do think that a trade still needs to get done. I don't know if ASAP, if that happens... There's a lot of teams that aren't ready to make a trade right now in the NBA. Trade season is just starting. But there's a lot of teams that are not ready to pull the trigger on deals just yet. Those conversations are just beginning. But I don't know if they can do a deal this second. But within these next few weeks, teams will start to get serious about that kind of stuff. By December 15th, certainly, that's usually the unofficial start to trade season for the NBA. So I'm in agreement with you there. Ultimately, they do need to get something done. I agree. I would rather see something done sooner rather than later. I just don't know if the rest of the NBA is on that timeline or not. Let's see what else we've got here. (laughs) Vector Nova. Sean in the chat's reaction on playback is all you need to know about the success of Patrick Beverly. It was hilarious to watch the fourth quarter sub. Sean spaces Davis. He was He was not pleased when Patrick Beverly got subbed back into the game. He was confused. I tried to rationalize it as best I could. I I do, I have to believe that if LeBron is back and Dennis gets his feet under him and all that kind of stuff is happening, that's where you have a chance to limit Pat's minutes. But when I look at the roster tonight, I look okay, where, let's say you take 10 minutes away from Patrick Beverly, so he only plays 15. Where do you put those minutes? I mean, I guess you could give more to Wendy and Gabriel and play bigger. Sure, you could. I mean, he played 18 minutes. He was good. 15 points in 18 minutes. You'll take that. You could argue that. Russ played 30. I mean, he could play a few more minutes there. Maybe you give him 33. You could find places for them. But it's not like, oh, clearly Dennis Schroeder is a 25-minute-per-night player based on what we saw tonight. And And Pat needs to go down to 15 or whatever. So I I will give Darvin Ham that. But ultimately, I think when everybody is healthy, yeah, I'd like to see Pat's minutes get cut down a bit. All right. Before we go any further, let's get it. You know, I'm not even going to do it. Well, here, I'll do it. But everybody knows who it is.
0: Superstar of the night.
1: Anthony Davis. I mean, my goodness. AD again, 16 boards, four blocks, 38 points. I already talked all about it, so I'm not going to spend more time on it. Absolutely tremendous stuff. This is the Anthony Davis that the Lakers have been needing to see. He was great. Uh, And the Lakers, again, they needed him to be great in this game. They needed him to take over and be dominant in the middle, especially with no Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons. And AD just dominated them. But let's get into this. I think this is even more interesting.
0: Star in your role.
1: So the Lakers got some solid performances out of a number of players, 17 points out of Lonnie Walker on the attack, had a highlight reel dunk, also had one that if he had if he had dunked it, oh, the place would have gone nuts. He took off from way outside of the key. Didn't when he took off, my thought was, I don't know if he's gonna make it. And he just barely came up short, did not make it. But he was athletic, he was aggressive attacking the basket, he was making things happen had a few nice passes, three assists on the night. Lonnie Walker was good. Austin Reeves certainly a candidate as well. 16, 6 assists, four boards, made winning plays. Just made winning plays on both ends of the floor. Even on plays where he didn't, you know, he didn't record any steals in this, had one block, but defensively he put himself in the right put himself in the right spot, forced some really bad shots from the Pistons, forced a turnover on a really nice play. He had twice in this game where he made Three plays in a row, offense, defense, offense. Where he scored, got was instrumental in getting a stop, and then came back and scored again. Absolutely great performance out of him. Wenyan Gabriel, 15 points on a perfect five for five shooting, seven rebounds from him. I thought he was good. So those are your options there. And again, Kendrick Nunn was four for four. He's he's not winning it on this night, but he was good as well. I thought you got some contributions from a lot of the other Lakers, but ultimately. We had to do a drum roll here who we're giving it to it's going to HBK. Austin Reeves gets this just a great performance from him. There were moments. In fact, on the live stream on playback, I was questioning. There was no Russ, no AD on the floor. And I said, you know what? It's, it was Schroeder and Wenyan and Thomas and, and Austin Reeves. And I said, you know, the only thing that concerns me about this lineup here. You know, I don't know if this is Dennis, him being kind of an offensive spark, if Ham is feeling more comfortable not having AD or or Russ on the floor here. said, so, but where does the offense come from? And as I'm saying that, Austin Reeves gets into the paint, pump fakes, spins, scores, beautiful move. He had himself a game, and it's no wonder that he was a team high plus 14 on the night, played a team high 36 minutes. They were just better with him on the floor, plain and simple. When Austin Reeves was on the floor, the Lakers were better and he was making winning plays all night long. Austin Reeves plays 36 minutes, zero turnovers. Just a great, efficient performance out of him. Love seeing that from Austin Reeves. Um, Davis said AD bought free throw or bought real estate at the free throw line. Braun needs to be his realtor. Yeah, he was there a lot. The Pistons just kept fouling him and fouling him and fouling There was not much they could do with him. They didn't have Isaiah Stewart and they just didn't have enough size to really contend with AD. Uh, Reginald Thomas said, it was good to see AR-15 live up to his name and shoot the ball and AD come back to life. Yeah, Austin Reeves on the night from the three-point line, two of four. uh, Four attempts tied the team high for Austin Reeves. And I do think that we've been talking about this. That needs to be a bigger part of his offensive game because he's been shooting the ball so well. Was good to see him being aggressive from behind the arc. Only 23 point attempts on the season for the Lakers. I have not looked to see, but I would imagine that's got to be, that's probably a season low. If not, it's got to be awfully close. So the Lakers not shooting a lot of threes in this one. Sean Tate, what do you think is factoring into AD's resurgence? I really think it's the back. I think the back is starting to get better. He just, Just seeing him move, he just looks more fluid out there, looks more comfortable, looks more like himself. I think that is a a factor here in what we're seeing out of him. And no surprise, four days off probably helps your back rest up a bit. Uh, Borsa said, I feel the Lakers play faster without LeBron. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong in that. LeBron tends to want to pick teams apart in the half court. Russell Westbrook wants to fly, wants to get the ball and go, and let's get in transition and let's attack that way. So it's two different styles. It's not just Russ and LeBron, their skill sets don't mesh up that well in a half court. It's kind of their mentality. What it is they're looking to do is very different on the offensive end of the floor. So I would imagine, again, I haven't pulled the stat on this, but I would imagine you're probably right that the Lakers with LeBron on the floor are playing at a slower pace than with him off the floor. He tends to want to slow the ball down. And there's pros and cons to that. But yeah, the team does tend to play slower. With, with LeBron. and NGM, bench Schroeder. He's taking minutes away from Austin Reeves, who's playing too well. Uh, Reeves played 36 minutes. That's, I mean, it was a team high. I don't think Schroeder took any minutes away from Austin Reeves in this game. If he did, then, then Austin Reeves is going to start averaging 40 minutes a night. And I think that's probably a bit excessive. So I, I wouldn't say Schroeder took any minutes away from Reeves mama mentality good start to a friday night with the lakers win heading into the weekend that's right way to start the weekend off with a w we get the world cup starting up this weekend as well uh thought they were gonna blow it no this is not last year's team lakers nation yeah this is this is the start to kick off the weekend that we wanted to see start off on the front foot get a win head into sunday's matchup against the san antonio spurs which by the way William Bogdanovich, this was, maybe you want to call this an audition game. Dropped 20 points, looked really good shooting the ball. Um, the Lakers have obviously been in trade rumors regarding Bogdanovich. And now, on Sunday, they get to see Jakob Pertl. They get to see Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott. So, this stretch here through the end of November, the Lakers see almost all of the guys they were rumored to be interested in trading for. The only team really missing being the Charlotte Hornets. You've got The Pistons tonight with Bogdanovich, the the Spurs, and then Buddy Heald and Miles Turner coming up on November 28th So with the Pacers. So the Lakers get an up-close look at some of their potential trade targets, too. And again, Bogdanovich, I thought, looked good. Uh, Dante said, we look bigger with the addition of Bryant. Well, you should, because he is a bigger player. Uh, We can play AD and Gabriel together more, knowing that we have Bryant on the bench. 500 By December? By December? We're like two weeks away from December. Not even. That's okay. If you maybe if you say by the end of December, but even then, like the Lakers right now would have to win six great games straight to get to five hundred. I don't know if I can say they'll be five hundred by the end of December, but, um, AD and Gabriel can play more knowing that they have Brian on the bench. Yeah, you don't you don't have to stagger AD and Wenyan as much because you've got another big to turn to. I do think that. Thomas Bryant just being serviceable in this game did make a difference in the Lakers rotation um, where you could see moments where they were bigger out there on the floor. Now, again, that effect should be amplified even more when LeBron is back in the fold. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's back on Sunday, but we'll see. But you add LeBron to the mix, and then you're finally at a spot where you've got significantly more size than you had for the entire season so far, which would be great to see. So I think they need, they've needed it. Uh, Noah So the Lakers play great team ball without LeBron on the floor. Great ball movement, less iso. I need LeBron to see that. They do move the ball well. And I think part of, it is, part of it is LeBron, who likes to scan the floor, set things up, kind of make plays from there. But part of it also has to be the other guys on the team where players, and I remember talking about this when it was LeBron and the kids, LeBron's first season in L.A. What you've got to have with LeBron is you have to have players around him who are not awestruck by him. And I'm not saying that every player on the team would fall into this category, but you need guys that are going to say, you know what? Yeah, that's LeBron James, but I'm taking this ball to the basket. I'm going to go create something. I'm going to go make something happen because there's that extra pressure. Of, hey, this guy that's on the floor might be the greatest player ever. So the fallback continues to be, well, He's on the floor, so I'd better give him the ball. I think the Lakers need aggressiveness across the board. That you need a guy like Alani Walker that's going to go out there and score points for you. You need other guys who can do things and don't totally rely on LeBron. So I think you're right to a degree, Noah, that when LeBron's on the floor, he's got to make sure that the ball is moving. But I think he also needs to get on people for not doing their own thing. Because what's going to happen is if other guys are attacking, defenses pay a ton of of attention to LeBron too. That's only going to open things up for them even more. You need guys to be aggressive, to seek their their own opportunities and create plays on their own and not rely on LeBron for everything because that's actually going to benefit everyone, including LeBron. Uh, Russ should defer to Austin Reeves more, but good team win. I mean, I thought... I thought both players were just fine. Russ, uh, he had a couple couple rough turnovers, but four turnovers on the night for Russ, 30 minutes. It's not like it was a great Russ performance, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad performance by Russell Westbrook at all. Again, 12 assists on the night. Thought he had some really nice finds. There was one that I believe was to Wenyon Gabriel. By the way, the Russell Westbrook-Wenyon Gabriel mind meld, it's a thing. Like, this is a real thing. Russell Westbrook and Wendy and Gabriel are just on the same page. I don't know exactly why. I don't know what to say about it, but Russ is finding Wenyan and consistently putting him in good spots to score the basketball, and it's cool to see. It's cool to see the way that Russ and Wenyan have played off of each other. Oh, boy, this one comes in in all caps, so we know he's serious. Yo says, lock up Troy Brown, Lonnie Reeves, Christian Wenyan, all long, young and can give continuity going forward. The challenge is, aside from Max Christie, all of them are free agents this summer. And this is one of my biggest complaints about the Lakers front office, is so many one-year deals so that you're constantly turning over your entire roster every summer. If you do find some of these young guys, guess what? You're either going to have to pay to keep them and you don't get the advantage of a team-friendly contract, or they go somewhere else. And that could be what we're staring down with Lonnie, with Troy Brown. Austin Reeves is at least protected by... The Gilbert Arenas rule. Um, Wendy and Gabriel, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keeping some of these players might be a difficult challenge for the Lakers this summer because, again, you when you sign one-year deals, there's no opportunity to get bird rights for anybody. Got to be eight, two years to get early bird rights and at least be able to give them a significant bump, three years to get full bird rights and be able to pay whatever it takes in order to keep them. And the Lakers have just given these one-year deals so they can have future flexibility The downside to doing that is if you find somebody that you want to keep, it's tough to do that. It's tough to keep them. If you're out of cap space, look, I can say this. If the Lakers make a trade that takes away their cap space for next year, say you do the Indiana trade and you no longer have cap space, you extend Miles Turner, you've got Buddy Heald on the books next year, cap space is gone. You're going to have your mid-level exception to use and that's it. I would guess at least one of Troy Brown or Lonnie would get a bigger offer somewhere else. If not more, uh, if not both of them, I I would guess that Max Christie is under contract. I would say you probably get to keep two of those guys and the rest probably wind up somewhere else. Unless you can somehow get one in on a minimum again or something like that. I don't want to be negative tonight when they won, but, I think that's just, that's reality. And again, that's the, that's the downside of one-year deals. Uh, Russ, 10 assists in the first half, only two in the second half. Stat pad. No, I don't. I mean, I I thought Russ did a better job of not turning the ball over in the second half. And maybe that took away some assists and, you know, Russ did a good job of just feeding AD. He just recognized the advantage AD had and just said, okay, I'm going to keep giving you the ball. Uh, Westbrook and Thomas Bryant have amazing chemistry since their Wizards time. You know, I mean, Russ and Thomas, how many games do they actually play together with the Wizards? Because I know Thomas Bryant was injured for a good chunk of that season, but they do have some some experience there. It's not nothing, but still. Uh, Bev needs to go. Beverly for Kuzma, and you include some picks. It's not ironic that like Kyle Kuzma would fit very well on this team right now. Painfully <laughs> ironic, but... Yes. All right. Let's do another award here. And this one, everybody's favorite. We're going to get to let out some aggression.
0: Master lock of the night.
1: So the master lock of the night for this game, there's only one place I can go with this. It's the whistles. So many calls in this game made this game feel like it was taking forever. Again, 30 foul calls against the Pistons, 24 against the Lakers. It was hard to get a real sense of rhythm to this game because there were so many whistles in this thing. Again, we get frustrated when players get fouled and there's no call, but I did feel like some of the calls tonight were kind of ticky-tack. I'd rather see players get to play a little bit more, so I thought this game was over-officiated, and that was something I did not like to see in this one. Again, it just... There was no real flow to this game, and it made it, aside from the towards the end, like the fourth quarter when Lakers got rolling a little bit, it made it kind of tough to watch. There were moments where everything, and part of it was just the teams playing sloppy, but a lot of it, too, was just the play stopping and stopping and stopping and stopping. It was frustrating to watch the whistle blow that many times over and over and over again. So that gets my master lock of the night. It is the officiating in this game. Uh, KK said, Dennis needs to start over Patrick Beverly. You know, you, you, you may eventually get to that point. You may eventually get there. But first game back, I don't and I don't think Dennis was particularly great. He was okay. But I don't think Dennis did anything that said, start this guy immediately. There's no reason for him to come off the bench. And I think that would have been the kind of statement um, Dennis would have had to have made for them to make that change in this moment. That's what would have had to happen. Let's see what else we've got coming in here. Uh, Dustin, if LA makes it to eight and 12, do you think Rob makes a trade? Yeah, I think it gives you a little bit more certainty that, hey, this team can win games. They can win. They can make a push here. Maybe they just need a little extra help. And I think it makes it more likely. People have been asking, what makes it more likely they make a trade? Losing games or winning games i think it's actually winning games because i think losing games pushes you more towards we can't fix this winning games says you're close now i wouldn't say close to winning a championship or anything like that but close to being a solid playoff contender and again this is a win over the pistons i'm not saying this win suggests they're a playoff team or anything like that right it's it is what it is but If you start to pick up some really solid wins and you start to win more consistently, I think that gives the front office a little more incentive to go ahead, push some chips in and do what you can to help this team out. Justin said, trade Beverly ASAP. What can we get for him? Well, he's an expiring contract. So you're probably attaching some assets to him, meaning picks, and then seeing what you can find there. Uh, Ben said, Rudy slash Towns failure causing Turner trade hesitation I don't think so. I don't think you look at that situation because what Rudy Gobert does and what Miles Turner do are very different. They're very different players in terms of how they they approach the game, even though you can say, OK, both are a rim protector, but they're very different in terms of the way they play. So I don't think that seeing any struggles between Towns and Rudy Gobert is any reflection on what a Miles Turner and Anthony Davis pairing might look like. Ace of hearts being brutally honest. We really miss Stanley Johnson. You know, he's a guy who probably does get some minutes in this rotation. If he was still on the roster, just because they could use another wing, they could use a defender of, of his caliber. Uh, Ricky, it was going smooth until Russ came back in with all his sloppiness. Why? I don't think Russ really cost them too, but I'll have to go back and rewatch. But that was my concern too. When Russ got brought back into the game was okay. You just got to be careful. You don't turn the ball over if you're Russ. Cause you are russ because Look, Russ can, Russ can get you out of a game with turnovers. And so that was my concern in the fourth when he came back in and the game was still relatively close. But I didn't think he did anything that necessarily was harmful. And I thought he did. I thought there were a couple of moments too where I actually saw him push down on the gas pedal to attack and then back off when he saw that there was nothing there. And we've seen the version of Russ that won't do that, that won't make that decision that instead will turn the ball over. And we saw Russ that was a bit more selective so again, I need to go back and rewatch the fourth specifically to keep an eye on Russ. But nothing jumped out at me particularly that said Russ is causing problems here in the fourth. Sean said, everyone's hard on Bev. Russ turnovers in the third were bad. Okay, in the third, Russ did have some, some moments there. Look, people are hard on Patrick Beverly because they were just, like, he was the move, right? That was the, the most high-profile move the Lakers made in the offseason, And if he's not helping you right now, you gave up a future asset in Taylor Horton Tucker in order to get him. Now, maybe you can say part of the deal, part of the benefit of the deal was clearing THT's salary next year off the books. That certainly still exists regardless of what Pat does on the floor. But I think that's part of it too, is there was this expectation that, okay, Pat's going to come in, he's going to transform or help transform the Lakers defense. He's going to be able to hit some shots. And look, Lakers fans have been watching Patrick Beverly annoy this team for a, over a decade they were hoping that okay hey finally this guy's on our side he's going to annoy other teams and we're going to get to bu- get behind him and instead instead we're getting this which the pat has had some good moments too he just hasn't been quite as good as people expected and maybe he will eventually get there maybe he'll get on track but so far he's been a bit of a disappointment i think that's fair to say Wavy said, I know the trade machine isn't 100%, but Russ and a first for Buddy and Miles saves enough money for Pat, Nunn, Jones, and a first for Kyrie to work. Thoughts? Um, Pat, Nunn. I don't think that saves enough. You're still going to be over the tax unless Kyrie is making way less than what I'm thinking that shouldn't work that should be too much uh, uh, Kyrie's salary should be too much let me double check that because it's not it doesn't work where if you just save a bunch of money suddenly you get to add that to your total your next trade or whatever like you get a trade exception but you're not attaching that trade exception to a deal you can't you can't do that's not how that works yeah Kyrie's making 37 million this season that's not enough it's not enough salary going out. The only way you can do a Kyrie deal is with Russell Westbrook going out if you're the Lakers. Even if you're stacking up non Beverly, Lonnie, it's still not enough to get a deal done. Avi B. Reeves is better than Caruso. 3D, efficient, gritty. Must start. Yeah, I mean, he's making a great case for being a starter, isn't he? Making a great case for when LeBron comes back for Austin to stick in the starting lineup. I think he absolutely is. I think he absolutely is. I don't know if I can say he's better. Look, Alex Caruso helped to win a championship with his defense. Reeves could get there. I mean, I'm not saying it's not impossible. It's certainly not. I'm just saying Austin Reeves helped the Lakers win a championship being so good defensively. So I'm not going to just declare it in this moment, but he, it, it is not out of the question. Let's say that. Chat is crazy. It's the Pistons. Why the Braun hate, that one says. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of brawn. Hopefully there's not too much. Renee, okay, I'm glad somebody brought this up. Renee said, thoughts on the Bridges rumor. So Shams Tarania said that the Lakers and the Pistons were two teams that have been monitoring the Miles Bridges situation. And I want everybody to, to remember, they, he said monitoring the situation. That doesn't mean they're going to land Miles Bridges. In fact, I would say it's very unlikely they're going to land Miles Bridges. And the reason is this. So the Lakers, they have no cap space. They cannot trigger a hard cap. They are already above where a hard cap would be. So they're not allowed to trigger a hard cap, which if you were to assign a trade, that would trigger a hard cap. So you can't do that. So the only chance you have of getting Miles Bridges, who is a restricted free agent right now with the Charlotte Hornets, the only chance, and this is assuming, because look, as soon as Bridges, he's not under contract right now. As soon as he signs a contract, the NBA is going to suspend him. So you have to remember that. So he's going to get suspended. So you have to get past that hurdle. You also get, have to get pa- past the optics and the ethics of what the reason why he doesn't have an NBA contract right now. You have to get to a place where you're okay with that. And I think you can make an argument that the Lakers should not be okay with that and the NBA should not be okay with that. You can make that argument. Now, look, uh, people deserve second chances and all of that. But look, let's just say logistically you get past that. You go, okay. We're, we're going to go ahead and sign him despite the optics. We want him on the team. And we're going to accept that the NBA is going to suspend him for however many games. And we're just going to ride that out. We still want to sign him. Okay, what does that look like? That point is even extremely unlikely that you get Miles, Turner, or Miles Bridges because what has to happen is the Hornets have to waive him and he has to sign a veteran minimum contract with the Lakers. That is the only path to Miles Turner landing on the Lakers. You cannot do a sign-and-trade for him, and he is going to be a restricted, or he is currently a restricted free agent with the Charlotte Hornets. So the only chance that the Lakers can get Miles Bridges is if the Hornets were to say, never mind, we don't want any part of this, we're going to waive him, and have him decide to sign with the Lakers for a veteran minimum, and nobody beats that offer or anything like that. That's why I think it's very unlikely that Miles Bridges becomes a Laker. So what is Shams talking about then when he says monitoring the situation? Well, keep in mind that the Lakers over the summer were rumored to be interested potentially in a Russell Westbrook trade to the Hornets, right? We talked about this, about the Hornets being potentially a landing spot. But all of it was built around the idea that the Hornets were going to sign Miles Bridges to this big new contract and that they would look to clear some future salary cap space in order to help accommodate that, which would mean trading away Terry Rozier, who still has multiple years left on his deal, Gordon Hayward, somebody like that. So that was the context that the Lakers were monitoring the Miles Bridges situation over the summer. I don't know if that's changed at this point, but I would imagine that that's more along the lines of what the Lakers are doing now. They're monitoring the Miles Bridges situation to see if it opens up any other trade possibilities, whether it's a Gordon Hayward, Terry Rogier, P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre Jr., something like that. I don't think they're monitoring the Miles Bridges situation because they think they're going to get Miles Bridges because, again, it's very unlikely that everything plays out in a way that would land Miles Bridges with the Lakers. So I think it's more about other players the Hornets might be interested in trading. That's why they are monitoring the situation. All right, let's see what else we've got. JoJo said the Lakers should do a three-team trade with the Wizards and Pacers for healed and Turner and Tice for Russ and some seconds and Patrick Beverly to the Wizards and a first. Call the Bulls for Caruso. Send none and Jones in seconds. We're back. Okay, so you've got you've got the Wizards and Pacers. You're getting heald, Turner, and Tice for Russ. The Wizards have to send something to the Lakers because the touch rule in that scenario. You're also trying to get Alex Caruso back. That's a lot of trading. That's a lot of, I mean, look, it sounds like the Lakers should be pretty good at the end of all that, but I wouldn't say that's a likely scenario. There's a lot going on for something like that to happen. Look, NBA trades, three team deals are where, where trades go to die in general in the NBA. Like two team trades are very difficult to get done. Three team trades, four team trades. There's a reason why you very rarely see them happen. Look, way more trades get discussed than ever actually get completed. And three team trades are just very tricky, very hard to pull off. So uh, any kind of a trade is just inherently unlikely. The more teams you add, the more unlikely it becomes that it gets done. Yo said, Bev in a first before looking at a Russ trade. I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think that you may actually be able to improve the team more just by hanging on to Russ and going after like, one of Buddy Heald or Miles Turner rather than trading Russ. Um, I still think he he can be a messy fit. If you find the right deal, of course you do it. But I mean, look, Russ has not been a negative for you on the floor this season. And I think that matters. Um, You may ultimately need to use his salary in a deal because $47 million is what's required in order to get back enough. In order to bring back enough salaries to actually, you know, really significantly change things. Maybe you, you say, you know what, Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn for Buddy Hield, and we have to add in a pick, just getting Buddy Hield is not enough. Okay, that's fair. But Russ is not a negative on this team right now. And so I think that's something you have to factor in to some kind of trade negotiation situation. Uh, Muhammad said, hi, Knicks fan here. I welcome in. But Lakers and LeBron are close to heart. What players can we get back uh, with Russ, Pat, Nunn, and two first or second, multiple teams and players. Yeah, I mean, that's where if you're gonna put in all of that, that's a lot of salary going out. So $47 million plus Patrick Beverly, that brings you up to 60, plus Kendrick Nunn. Now you're at 65 and change. That's a ton of salary going out. So I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but what teams are gonna send out 65, send back 65 million in salary or something close to it, 55 million, whatever it is that you need to be at, what teams are going to be willing to send that much salary back? But that does put you in a different stratosphere in terms of what kind of players you could be targeting um, with that or how many players you could be targeting. But again, it's the more. It's just like the more teams you add up, the more players you start putting into, into deals, the less likely it is that you come to an agreement. Um, you could look for players with a higher price tag, I suppose, if you're able to send out $65 million in salary. But again, that it can complicate things too if you're adding in that much salary but in theory you could bring back a lot of players with that much money going out uh Caleb i just noticed how 8 of our players from last season are not in the nba right now crazy yeah i mean it's it's a sign of where of how poor last season really was that so many of these guys are just they're not even nba players at this point um yeah No wonder why the Lakers were not great last season. But anyway, the Lakers get the win tonight over the Detroit Pistons. It was great to see the Lakers get a W. That is now four wins on the season, still 10 losses. We've got a long way to go. Game against the San Antonio Spurs coming up. Again, that's another winnable game for the Lakers. Not saying it's going to be easy, but a winnable game between now and then. Keep an eye out on the injury report. We'll see what we can find out about LeBron James, whether or not he will be able to play on sunday against the spurs but i want to thank everybody for coming in and joining the post game show here thank you guys make sure that you do subscribe to the lakers nation youtube channel turn on those notifications as well and of course give us that five star rating and review over on apple Podcasts. till next time see ya, and stay safe everybody